0: Thought Leaders, Storytellers and Griots, sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. 740, you are with SFM 104 to 107. And in our Thought Leaders, uh, Storytellers and Griots, we take a look at some of the stories that have come up. You've just heard one of them. And uh, certainly stories that are maybe not on the front page of the news, but are being found within the pages of various different news broadcasters and the like. So obviously we've been telling you that October is Mental Health Month and uh, we are looking at how mental health has shifted and changed, particularly over the last two years with regards to COVID-19. Anxiety levels seem to be much, much higher and they are something that we need to be aware of. On the line we have Numbulelo Shange, she's a lecturer at the Department of Sociology at the University of the Free State and uh, Numbulelo took part in an opinion piece uh, focusing on mental health and how institutions are addressing it as well. Numbulelo thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on your show. Nombolelo, let's talk about what you wrote around in your opinion piece with regards to how people are addressing mental health at the moment.
1: Mm. So I think for a lot of South Africans and maybe in kind of a weird way we have the lockdown to kind of thank for this, a lot more people are starting to become more aware and in tune of like their mental health. Um, I think particularly being someone from the Black community where those kinds of issues and topics aren't really discussed, it's been interesting to see even middle-aged um, and elders within the community kind of refer to these challenges and how difficult they are and how important it is for them to be dealt with within the workplace on more interpersonal levels, particularly amongst the, the youth. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the structures and and the places which we kind of belong to, be it as students, be it as, as workers, be it as wherever we might find ourselves, um, those structures aren't as connected to the, the everyday kind of reflections and realizations that people are starting to have about their mental health. So those structures, unfortunately, are still putting core business and, and productivity and profit and whatever it is that's driving them and their agenda ahead of the people that they up so those entities let's, and those structures. Let's, um,
0: let's tease out what you've just said as well. So we go, we're we going to go into structures, etc. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the issues, and I'm not going to talk just about black communities because I know that in many white communities this is the case as well, is one of the issues around Mm -hmm. mental health is the fear of discussing it publicly. And Mm -hmm. we've we've seen it addressed on social media where people say, speak out if you are feeling depressed. And and, and I do say that this is across the board because I've experienced it personally with friends Mm -hmm. who've, really really experienced terrible terrible depression but have been too afraid to speak out with really terrible consequences um let's talk about that fear what is it about and and how does one speak out
1: i think the fear stems from and in as much as like i was saying earlier that the lockdown has allowed us maybe to be a bit more vulnerable than in the past um, that doesn't erase whatever the societal structures and systems and culture is initially, and I think a lot of that fear comes from uh, usually the slurs and the kind of misconceptions mm. that society has about mental health and our inability to understand it, even even as a as a science, never mind as you know, um, on sort of more interpersonal levels where most of us aren't um, university-educated psychologists. So trying to understand um, when someone is not okay, and often some of the symptoms of mental health come across as um, laziness at times, or at least that's how they're perceived by society. They come across as the person is um, maybe disregarding um, another person's feelings or um, a way of, you know, kind of going through social life, um, it becomes difficult for whoever is receiving that treatment from the person who's not well at that moment to understand it as an illness, it's particularly because it's invisible. It's not like um, when you're physically sick or, or hurt where you can point to it and you can say, My arm is been cut I need stitches yeah. or say I've got chest pains I need pills or whatever it is that you need it's, it's invisible and a lot of the times it's difficult even for the person who's going through it to articulate a lot of people realize in retrospect once they've often received the treatment that they need that oh the reason I was behaving this way or the reason this was happening is because I was not okay
0: yeah
1: so I think it, it stems from a lot of things but um, generally, it's it's our inability or difficulty in understanding what is going on, both from the people and the spaces receiving, um, and and from the person who's also going through it.
0: Nomulelo, you mentioned that uh, you felt that many corporates were not engaging, and not just you said businesses were not engaging with the their, their staff, their their teams, mm. and not taking mental health seriously. Where is this research coming from? Um, I think
1: w- w- with that we, we we talk quite a bit within the opinion piece about some of the more interpersonal challenges that we have seen ourselves in our own lives, mm. uh, but also, as being being um, professional in the professional space ourselves and from experiences of within our families and so, so it's our, anecdotal
0: uh, so what we're saying is it's anecdotal
1: not, not particularly there's, okay. there's, there's a lot of other things that we can um, also draw from we, we refer to a case study in the opinion piece of UCT um, professor who committed suicide yes sure. in 2000 in 2000 and yeah yes. Um, and so those kinds of um, things are also important to grow from. We also speak to the fact that, well, we don't speak to it on the opinion piece, but one of my other colleagues in a different platform, um, I think it was on FM, um, spoke to um, the World Health Organization, um, growing more and more concern towards mental health, particularly in developing countries, and even going to the extent of arguing that mental health actually... Um, in the long run, impacts on our development. And so, if we want to tackle or address certain developmental challenges and issues that we're facing within South Africa and Africa as a continent, we need to also start prioritising mental health in as much uh, way as we prioritise healthcare uh, as a whole. As in as much way as we prioritise education and all these other systems yeah. and structures that we prioritise in order to overcome. Um, some of our developmental challenges. So it's, 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 it's anecdotal, but it's also coming from a place of having read around this issue of, of just a, a social scientist, a scientist as well. Our role is to analyze and observe um, the, the, the society that we find ourselves in and try and make sense of all these shifts and the changes that we're seeing.
0: So Nombulelo, let's, um, in closing, just give us some suggestions. What would the way forward be? Some practical suggestions that could be used, participated in, addressed in different institutions, be they universities, mm-hmm. be they the private sector, be they the public sector. What would you like to be see being done?
1: So I, I definitely think the more interpersonal work that might have been started as a result of um, COVID-19 needs to... people need to carry on having those discussions and reflections amongst themselves, even in post-COVID-19, whatever that might be or whatever that might mean. Mm. Um, But I think in the workplace, there needs to be far more concerted efforts. One of the things that we also penned in the opinion pieces to say, Um, a lot of structures and organizations, unfortunately, had to um, uh, retrench in order to stay afloat, in order Mm. to save the jobs that remain. But was there enough going back to the people that are left behind? Because it can't be easy for them, having watched half of their team members been fired, um, being worried that they're next, the workload that comes from having to take on from the people that have been fired. What kind of structures and um, sort of coping mechanisms have been put in place? for those people that are left behind. Um, and so that kind of thinking, um, that kind of shifting from um, purely productive and capital and profit focus to understanding that for your company to be productive, for your workspace to be productive, the people have to be relatively happy. They have to be healthy. So how do you ensure that as an organization, as a boss, Uh, You ensure that people actually have access to those. So, you know, um,
0: I absolutely agree with you. But my concern with this is that the way you're framing it is corporate, is profit based. That's a very old traditional way of thinking. Shareholder. basis is is not necessarily how a lot of corporates are working i mean i see many corporates who are now working with esg which is environment society Mm -hmm. and and the like Mm -hmm. i also see them working with a kind of stakeholder theory where they are engaging with diverse uh, people in their company so I, i don't think it's necessarily i think it's it's painting all private sector with one foul sweep of a brush surely but i think if you look
1: at Things like, for instance, this year, yeah. the JSC, for the first time um, since the, the hit of COVID and, and the, the kind of precarious space that we find ourselves in, was actually able to make profits. So last year, we were kind of all in the same boat, and we were all struggling and suffering. But this year, corporate in South Africa, anyways, and arguably globally, was able to kind of find its feet and start to do well. But nothing has changed in terms of youth unemployment. Okay. So yeah. I, I, hear think you. There I think is that, a- that-
0: I think that you're quite right. I mean, if we're going to go for a post-GDP conversation, we we should uh, get someone in to talk about that as well. Numbulelo Shange is a lecturer at the Department of Sociology, and it's a very valuable question, is what are corporates doing to engage with the mental health of their staff? And someone sent us a message saying, maybe having coaches or mentors. I think uh, what Nombolelo said about interpersonal work as well, though, is a very powerful conversation, because what is that one-on-one, peer-to- a conversation that you have with your peers, but that you have within your organization as well. And I know we've uh, had plenty of conversations with regards to that, with regards to uh, Andre Flock, our conflict resolution specialist. But uh, the bigger question, of course, is what would an environment look like that would maybe post-GDP, that where we looked at other issues and other sustainability answers to making sure that people were safe and happy and that we had a will economy as opposed to just one based on the GDP.